0: Stay tuned for the next 30 minutes of inspiring music, challenging stories, and a Bible
1: study.
0: Listen now. As the Altoon of Babo Church Choir opens our broadcast this morning with a song entitled, In This Old Troubled World. New tourist destinations of Europe have the exotic appeal that Venice does. But now many questions. Will Venice vanish? The threat to this set of islands stitched in a city by hundreds of bridges is no figment of the imagination. A serious menace can endanger the continued existence of the entire city. A recent report by a leading archaeologist, suggests that the ancient city may be sinking faster than previously thought. Venice, which rests on millions of wooden piles, pounded into the marshy ground, has sunk about 7 centimeters a century for the past 1,000 years. The report says that it has now sunk 24 centimeters in just the past 100 years. The controversial and expensive project to protect the city from flood waters will not work. The origins of the project date back to 1966 when the city risked being destroyed by a flood. But even with the dams, Venice remains vulnerable to the high tides that each year erode buildings and flood city squares. Divers work beneath the surface on many canals, constructing watertight reservoirs around the structures and squirt concrete into the foundation, much as a dentist fills the cavity. It costs money to be sure, but the Italians insist that Venice is worth it. God's word tells us that heaven and earth shall pass away. This is a fact. But it also adds that my word shall not pass away. The existence of the Holy Scripture and its survival through the centuries constitute a far more amazing miracle than Venice's rise from the sea. Settlers first homestead on Venice site in the fifth century, but the Bible is shrouded in mist of antiquity. No one knows for sure just when the book of Job was written and to suggest a human origin for God's taxes of mind well past the breaking point. And the Bible has been subject to many attacks... Over a century ago, Voltaire boasted the Bible would soon vanish as a forgotten book, but today his very house serves the warehouse for a Bible society. God's word will never vanish. Psalm 119.89 tells us, forever, O Lord, thy word is settled in heaven. No matter who attacks, the scripture stands, and the word instructs us how we can survive the passing of time and enjoy eternal life with God hereafter. Listen to the words of God. Listen now as the ABC 5 sing for us his beautiful song, Wonderful.
2: Wonderful is Jesus, our matchless King. Wonderful the praise which to Him we sing. Wonderful the friend unto whom we cling. On the way to Glory Land our Lord is leading us to glory. Oh, so wonderful is Is our Savior wonderful. Is, Him wonderful? is praise Him ever wonderful? Is praise, is praise the Savior leading us to realms of glory? Sing as we tell His go. story, making He's known the love that made us, made us free, that made us free forever. Wonderful salvation He is offering to yes, all. Yes, our Lord is offering, offering to, he is offering to all. all. He is offering to all to trust Him. Wonderful is He who leads us lovingly He's above. Wonderful, wonderful, wonderful is He. Wonderful is Jesus who saves us soul. Wonderful is He who can keep us whole. That is why we seek the eternal gold in the wondrous glory land. Our Lord is leading us to glory. Oh, so wonderful is His is our Saviour. Wonderful, wonderful is praise he. Him ever. Wonderful is His the Saviour leading us to realms of glory. Sing yes. as His glorious story. Making known know the love that made us free, that made us free forever. Wonderful salvation He is offering to us. Yes, our Lord is offering to all. He is offering to all, offering to all. trust Him. Wonderful is He who leads us lovingly. Wonderful, wonderful, wonderful is me.
0: You are listening to Join the Morning, which is presented each Sunday at the same time by the Altoona Bible Church. We pray that as you listen to our broadcast this morning that you are encouraged and that you and your family are getting ready to attend a good Bible teaching Sunday school and church. If you don't have a church of your own to attend, we invite all who are seeking a Bible-honoring, Bible-teaching church to join us for services. We begin with our Sunday school hour at 9.30. Here we have many classes for the various age groups. We also have a supervised nursery for little ones for all of our services. Then at 1045, we all gather in the main auditorium for our morning worship service. Then at 645, we begin our closing service of the day, our evening fellowship hour. It is important that Christians gather together to study God's Word. Listen now as Randy Bickle plays for us on the piano this beautiful song entitled, Breath of Heaven. Many years ago, a newspaper published an article stating that Jesus was 5 feet 10 inches tall and weighed 175 pounds. Two science instructors had reached this conclusion by making a duplicate of the shroud, which Legend says was wrapped around the Lord Jesus Christ when he was placed in the tomb. Using the photographs of the grave clothes, which supposedly were the originals, and we know that they were not, the two men fashioned a facsimile. Then they began searching for a person whose physical build corresponded to the exact shape of the recreated shroud. Finally, they found a man whose physique fit its contours perfectly because he weighed 175 pounds and was 5 feet 10 inches in height. They assumed that Jesus must have been the same size. What does all this prove? Nothing, only that man has a tendency to fix his attention on minor issues when he considers the unique and the wonderful person of the Lord Jesus Christ. First of all, they started with something based upon superstition and legend and not upon what the Bible has to say. The Bible tells us nothing about the earthly appearance of the Lord Jesus Christ for the simple reason that God does not want us to major in minors when it comes to Him. Whether the Lord stood five feet, Or six feet tall is beside the point. The most important fact is his incarnation. The eternal Son of God became a man. He took man's place on the cross. And by his death and shed blood, he paid for man's sins. We can now come into a proper relationship with God and know the full blessing of his favor. Conclusion about the physical stature of Christ are pure speculation of no value. What a lot of trouble those two scientists and teachers went to for something that doesn't matter. That the Word was made flesh and dwelt among us is a proven fact. Throughout eternity we will thank Him that He humbled Himself, He became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. So don't get sidetracked by non-essentials. Worship the Lord Jesus Christ for who He is and what He did. That's what really matters. Listen to the words of this song as John Harris sings for us the next time he comes.
3: From the lofty courts of heaven Came a bud on earth to bloom Knowing when he left his father That his fate would be the tomb But the grave it could not hold him Angels rolled the stone away Now the mighty rose of Sharon Is still blooming yet today But the next time he comes He won't have to die for me. The next time He comes, there will be a Calvary. The next time He comes, we'll begin eternity. And when He comes again, He'll become The Spirit took control. He established my going. Now He stars in my life's role. For a man to come from heaven, Knowing then of Calvary. Oh, what love beyond all measure that He gave His life for me. But the next time He comes, He won't have to die for me. The next time He comes, There will not be a Calvary. The next time He comes, And when he comes again, he'll be coming for me. And when he comes again, he'll be coming
0: Once again, this Wednesday night at 7 o'clock, our doors will be open here at the Altoona Bible Church. Time now for our Bible study porch for our broadcast. And this morning, the topic of our Bible study is, Rightly Dividing the Word of Truth, Temples. John chapter 10, verse 23, And Jesus walked in the temple in Solomon's porch. Acts 17.24 God that made the world and all things therein, seeing that he is the Lord of heaven and earth, dwelleth not in temples made with hands. 1 Corinthians 6.19 What? ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost, which is in you, which you have of God, and you are not your own. Ephesians 2.21 In whom all the building fitly framed together groweth unto a holy temple in the Lord. I just read to you four different Bible verses. Each Bible verse contains the word temple, but in each verse the word temple is used in a different sense. When you hear the word temple, what do you think of? Do you think of a temple as a place dedicated to the service or worship of a deity or deities? In the Old Testament, you have the temple of the false deities as well as the temple of God. Do you think that the word temple is only used in connection with a building? We're going to study the word temple, see the various usage of the word, and study this word so that we are again, as we do study this word, we're once again reminded of the importance of studying the word of God rightly divided, to see what the temple of God was in times past, what it is today but now, and about the temple in the future. Prior to the building of the first temple, the nation of Israel originally had no physical building a temple, and then God later gave Moses the blueprints to build the tabernacle in the wilderness. The first temple in Jerusalem, Solomon's Temple, the duration was 960 BC to 586 BC, approximately 374 years. King David originally wanted to build a temple for the Lord. The Lord told David that he could not build a temple because he had been a man of war and bloodshed, 1 Chronicles 28, verses 2 and 3. The Lord revealed to David all the pattern of the temple. David encouraged Solomon to build the temple and committed all the patterns to Solomon. David purchased the ground for the temple from Oran the Jebusite, 1 Chronicles 21, 18 to 26. The temple was located on Mount Moriah. Mount Moriah was the very place where Abraham was ready to offer up Isaac. Genesis 22, verse 2. The wood for the temple was taken from the cedar trees of Lebanon. The temple took seven and a half years to completely build. The temple was dedicated by King Solomon in the seventh month of Israel's religious calendar. When the temple was dedicated, it was filled with the glory of the Lord. 1 Kings 8, 1. Later, Ezekiel the prophet, writing from the Babylonian captivity, sees the glory of the Lord departing from the temple. The glory of the Lord departs from the temple, from the midst of the city, eventually seen leaving from the Mount of Olives. Ultimately, Solomon's temple, the first temple, was destroyed by King Nebuchadnezzar of Babylon. King Nebuchadnezzar began taking some of the vessels from the temple and carried them into the land of Shinar, Babylon, and placed them into the treasure house of his God. Later, the second deportation, he takes more vessels from the temple. And finally, at the third and last deportation, he takes the remaining vessels of God into his own God's temple. King Nebuchadnezzar had a false god, Marduk, and his false god had a temple and a house. These vessels of God are not heard about until King Belshazzar of Babylon is feast, and this was really the last night of the existence of the Babylonian kingdom, Daniel 5. Interesting, idolatry began under Nimrod in the land of Shinar. So the very place where idolatry began with Nimrod was the same land where King Nebuchadnezzar took the vessels of God. Prior to Genesis 11, there was evil and sin, but there was no idolatry. Idolatry started in Shinar, Babylon, and continued and was flourishing under King Nebuchadnezzar. King Nebuchadnezzar destroyed Solomon's temple in 586 B.C. After the vessels of God were taken to Babylon, they simply had been left in the treasure house of the God of King Nebuchadnezzar. Those vessels remained there, never once to be used in any sacrilegious way by the king. They remained there, and this remained true, and the King Belshazzar of of Babylon defiled them by drinking wine out of them. At the same time, he was giving praise and glory to the false gods. King Nebuchadnezzar was acting out of absolute defiance to God. He was showing his utter contempt and defiance for the Most High God, taking into consideration King Nebuchadnezzar's dream in Daniel 2, and Daniel's interpretation of the dream, Babylon, gold, was to be conquered by an inferior kingdom. This very night, as King Belshazzar had thrown a bold dare to the Most High God, and the Most High God answered it with the fall of Babylon and the death of Belshazzar. The second temple in Jerusalem is Jeroboam's temple. The duration is from 516 B.C. to 70 A.D., approximately 586 years. Medo-Persia conquered Babylon in 539 B.C., Daniel chapter 5. King Cyrus of Media Persia had allowed Zerubbabel to return to land to rebuild the new temple. There was some opposition to the rebuilding of the temple. In fact, the building project even was suspended for a time. But later the work was allowed to resume and the temple was completed. However, this temple, after it was built, did not compare to the splendor and glory of Solomon's temple. Isaiah the prophet had earlier prophesied something interesting concerning Cyrus and what he was going to do. Isaiah forty four twenty eight, that saith of Cyrus, he is my shepherd and shall perform my pleasure. Even saying, to Jerusalem, thou shalt be built, and to thy temple, thou thy foundation shall be laid. And this prophecy was fulfilled 160 years later if you read Ezra chapter 1 verse 2. The second temple is a temple in which Antiochus called Epiphanes profane by sacrificing a pig and erecting an idol in the Holy of Holies. Then the Maccabees recaptured the temple and they began a new feast called the Dedication of Light or what we understand as Hanukkah. King Herod then began a massive rebuilding project as Zerubbabel's temple in John chapter two verse twenty. The second temple was in existence during the earthly ministry of Christ. The spiritual condition in Israel and in the temple had seriously uh, decayed. And then we understand and realize that this temple then was later then destroyed by Roman general Titus in seventy AD and that this temple has never ever been rebuilt. The first temple and the second temple were also, interesting, destroyed in the same month, the fifth month of Israel's religious calendar. So we're going to continue looking at this, and why do you need to write divide, the word of truth? Because in one sense, it was a physical building, and today we know what the temple of God is, or should know what the temple of God is, by reading 1 Corinthians 6.19. If you have any questions about our study, please contact me, Pastor Stewart, at the Altoona Bible Church. And you can email me at bible altoonabible at org. We need to continue to study God's Word, to understand it, to apply it to our lives, right to write it it, so that we can live and honor God.
1: Lord it's Jesus is my name.